Hey, Shoujo fans! Welcome to a very special Halloween episode of Shoujo Sunday. This week, me, Chika, and our special guests from Kawaii Disappointment are going to get super spooky with the Shoujo media we've reviewed so far. Let's dig in. So, this week, we wanted to do something special for the holiday. We've brought in our friends from Kawaii Disappointment to pitch special Halloween episodes for Maid-sama, A Silent Voice, and Kageki Shoujo. Our lovely guests wrote up a little something for Maid-sama, I wrote something for A Silent Voice, and Chika wrote for Kageki Shoujo. And I truly cannot wait to hear what everybody came up with. But before we get into all of that, I would really like to introduce the wonderful PJ and Skylar from Kawaii Disappointment. So PJ, Skylar, if the people listening somehow don't know you already, why don't you introduce yourselves? Hi, Hi. I'm PJ. And I'm Skylar. We are the hosts of the Kawaii Disappointment podcast. It's a anime podcast, much like yours, but we watch a new anime every week with our friend who sadly could not join us today, uh, Lauren, who is not into anime at all, and Skylar and I are lifelong weebs, also husband and wife, and we watch a new anime every week with her, get her predictions, everything, and it's a fun time. Unfortunately, Lauren is not our wife either. This is not a polycule situation, and it saddens me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I certainly think that it's a fun time, what you guys do over there. And Lauren is here in spirit. Always. In spirit. Spirit. <laughs> Especially because she's like the best writer. Like she literally, that's like her job that she's trying to do right now. Oh. oh, is it? I love her episode pitches for you guys when she's guessing what Ugh. the show is going to be about. It's always so creative and it ends up being something that I kind of wish the anime was. Yeah, same. <laughs> right? Talent. Pure talent. But speaking of writing, I want to talk to you guys a little bit and Chica about what the writing process was for our Halloween episodes, kind of like how you felt, maybe a little bit of like what inspired you, just like how to go. How did it go for you guys? So I was like, ooh, I want something steamy. It's fanfic, not a lemon, but like maybe a little citrusy. <laughs> I know fanfic terminology. <laughs> When I'm at work, I listen to like a lot of ghost podcasts and I was just like, all right, I've changed my mind. And so I wanted to make it a little bit more spooky, but like still a teeny tiny bit steamy. I am somehow even more excited for whatever you came up with. I didn't know I could be, but now I am. <laughs> I made sure to put like a nice like costume description a la like My Immortal, you know. Yes. Oh, goodness. That sounds amazing. See, with me being the shoujo romance girl, I was like, Gianna, you're not allowed to write a love confession <laughs> to this. It's not allowed. You're not going to do it. So <laughs> it's like, that's the, oh. the most spoilery thing I'll say is that there is 
not a love confession in mind because I just wanted to be true to the universe of a silent voice. And it was honestly a much bigger challenge than I thought it would be because I kind of realized this movie is like really deep and it always carries a very sentimental like life message and I need to somehow be on par-ish with that. So it was a really fun challenge and I hope that I was able to translate the deepness but also the lightheartedness of the movie into this little spooky fic. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, thank you. What about you, Chica? How'd it go? Guys, so I'm gonna keep it real with y'all. So I just came back (laughs) from New York Comic Con. Lucky, Brad. Thank you, thank you. I had a press pass because of one of my jobs with For All Nerds. It was fun, but it was a lot. So I feel like my fic for Kugeki Shoujo it's okay. It sort of reminds me of like drinking LaCroix, right? <laughs> like you get the hint. Of, 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 you get the hint. Of, you whispered Kigeki. Halloween shoujo into it. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's like Kageki shoujo, but like a hint of it because it's like I'm really sort of adding what I like and Kageki shoujo together, but not going as deep. So there's not going to be a lot of terminology really in my fanfic. That's something that's very notorious in Kageki Shoujo because they're giving you the history of theater acting over there and an all-girl troupe and stuff. Like, I do not really go into terminologies like that, but I hope you guys enjoy it anyway. They have the utmost faith in you. Yeah, absolutely. You're gonna do great, kid. Thank you. And the thing with, like, Halloween specials and, like, holiday specials is that they kind of... I loved the LaCroix analogy they are kind of like the LaCroix of like (laughs) the season not usually canon either so yeah yeah so don't be hard on yourself I think it'll be great we'll see you guys just if y'all have like a rating an inner rating scale just turn it off when you're listening to my (laughs) 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 and just enjoy the moment I guess (laughs) so Going in order of what Shoujo Sunday has reviewed so far, and also because guests first, uh, I think that Kawaii Disappointment could get into their Maid Sama Halloween special. We would absolutely love to. Yes. Obviously, if you are listening to Shoujo Sunday, there's a very strong chance you already know what Maid Sama is about. But in case this is your first Shoujo Sunday episode, A, go listen to their coverage on Maid Sama. But I'll give you a quick rundown on what Maid Sama is about. Mizuki Aizawa works hard to make the school that she goes to a better place. Sekahai used to be an all-boys school. It has now become co-ed. There's a small female population, and she is a school council president who is determined to make this a very fair place. But the boys would say that Maid be a little bit more in favor of the girls. They're not fans. They are not fans. She is seen as very domineering and in charge, which makes it all the more surprising for popular student Takumi Usui when he runs into her working part-time at a maid cafe to help support her mother and younger sister to pay off the debt that their father had left them. All of this makes her worry that she her secret is going to be revealed to the school, but Usui doesn't want to let anyone else know. She has taken quite the interest in her and is determined to hold this over her head and maybe make a little bit more out of this situation. <laughs> so with that we are here misaki works at the maid cafe maid latte and that is where our story starts so we are going to essentially read our outline slash fan fiction 
It's kind of a mix of direct fanfic, but with some just uh, general themes thrown in. So, it was a long day for the employees of Made Latte. With Halloween approaching, patrons of their cafe were becoming even more rambunctious and demanding. As everyone is finishing their closing tasks, Satsuki calls for everyone to gather around. Hey everyone, absolutely great work today. This might seem a little last minute, but I wanted to present you with an offer. My cousin in Okinawa owns a cafe right down on the beach, and she's doing a cosplay event this weekend. That's right, folks, this is a twofer, a beach episode and a Halloween special. (laughs) Yes, yes. She could really use the help and has even offered to pay for transportation, food, and your services. Since you're my employees, I would also be paying your regular wage, so this would be a big bonus. For Misaki, the offer was way too good to pass it up. She had some major bills coming up, so this would really help lighten the load. Her hand shoots up into the air enthusiastically. Manager, I want to go. Please take me. Satsuki squeals with delight and throws her arms around Misaki. Yay! Thank you so much, Misa-chan. I can always count on you. Do I have any more volunteers? And then the setting changes. Misaki hears crying. She turns around to see the back of a beautiful crying woman. How could he do this to me? The woman cries. What am I supposed to do now? Misaki could never leave a lady in distress. She ran to the woman and asked her, Miss, are you okay? The woman in between chokes out, no, I've lost them. What am I going to do? I can't find them. Misaki holds the hand of the crying woman, whose back is still to her. What did you lose? Can I help you find them by any chance? The woman's head raises and she says, the man I love has stolen my heart and has taken my eyes. The woman then whips around to face Misaki. To her shock and horror, the woman has dark gaping holes where her eyes should be, with torrents of blood falling from the sockets as if she was crying rivers of blood. The woman lunges towards her and screams, give me your eyes! Misaki jolts up at the voice of Subaru and shaking of her shoulder. Her first instinct is to check her face and check her eyes. Besides Satsuki and herself, only Suburu and Honika were able to come on this trip. Misaki, we're here. I didn't mean to scare you. <laughs> Wake, my apologies. Misaki wipes the cold sweat from her brow and says, Don't worry, Suburu-san. You just rescued me from a scary dream. Misaki opens the door to her hotel room, places her belongings into the empty closet, and then immediately throws herself onto the bed. She's been doing a lot of overtime at work lately, and the workload as student council president just keeps getting larger. She's exhausted, but at least she gets to stay in a luxury resort for two nights free of charge. She gets up and strolls back over to the closet to the garment bag that holds her costume, her uniform for the next two days. Inside, she finds a rather revealing witch costume. It's a purple velvet so dark that it almost looks black. The dress has a choker-style neckline with a large keyhole cutout, Below the cutout, the bodice is a faux corset with lace-ups on both sides of her waist. The sleeves are off the shoulder and bell-shaped, which end in large triangular cuts, matching the hem of the skirt. She recognizes a hat from her Magical Girl costume from one of Maid Latte's cosplay days. She admires the manager's ability to recycle. Well, it's time to start her shift. The beachfront cafe is absolutely beautiful and very popular based off the number of guests crammed inside. The manager's cousin is very kind, but is cold and quick when delegating and overseeing the operation. Misaki had just finished delivering a platter of desserts to a table and walked back towards the service counter to offer any help. Honika calls to her, Misaki, can you please deliver this drink to table 14? It's down the front and I'm so busy back here. (laughs) Misaki agrees, but is confused at Honika's expression. It almost looks as if she's trying not to burst out laughing. Shrugging it off, she takes the platter and walks towards table 14. The boy's face is looking away out the window towards the Pacific Ocean. Hello, master. I've brought you your drink? Usui! The boy is now facing her, wearing cat ears with a crudely drawn nose and whiskers on his face. What are you doing here? Usui has the slightest smirk on his face and replies in an even, almost monotoned voice. I have a vacation house I came to with my family, and I was thirsty. 
so I came here. Previously, yesterday, Usui walked into Mag Latte and sat in his usual spot. Erika walked over, no padded pen in hand. Sorry, Master Usui. Misaki is in Okinawa, helping out at the manager's cousin's beachfront cafe. Usui nodded his head, got up, and casually strolled out of the cafe. <laughs> Misaki looks visibly annoyed, but sighs and says she'll see him after work. She's incredibly busy after all. Finally, hours later, the door is locked, the close sign is placed into the window, and all the closing tasks are completed. All the staff, including Usui, who volunteered to work pay-free, is sitting in the cafe getting to know one another. Kimi, a kitchen staff member, says, Since you guys are new to this side, you should all participate in our test of courage. We have a haunted cave about a five-minute walk from here. Honika skeptically says, Oh yeah? What makes it so haunted? The server named Your Name chimes in. They say there was a rich family that lived not too far from here, and the daughter of the family was very beautiful and ready for marriage. She had many marriage meetings with handsome and equally rich suitors. She had fallen in love with the gardener who tended to the family's majestic garden. One day, he convinced her to run away together and to meet at the cave near the cliffs. She happily agreed, but what she didn't know was the gardener was already married to one of her handmaidens. They schemed together knowing the daughter would bring many riches for the elopement. He would lead her deep into the cave and then murder and rob her. When the two met up, he did indeed lead her deep into the cave, but he couldn't bring himself to actually kill her. He had fallen in love with her, but he knew he could never leave his wife. So instead, he kissed her and then gouged out her eyes so that she would never be able to find her way out of the cave. Misaki rolled her eyes and said, Ghosts aren't real. This would just be a waste of time. She remembered her dream, but she shook the thought out of her head. Your name said, Okay, if you get to the end of the cave and come back without getting scared, I'll give you 8,000 yen. And with that offer, Misaki took the bet. They agreed to go as pairs and Misaki and Usui were first up. The two of them were steadfast and walked calmly through the cave. But once at the end, Misaki began to shiver uncontrollably and fall to her knees. Usui ran to her and held her in his arms. Misaki, are you okay? Misaki burrowed her face into his and began to cry. He cupped her chin and raised it up to look into her eyes. I'm just so scared. I don't know what to do. She then grabbed his face and kissed him long and hard. Although shocked, Usui melted into her kiss, embracing her tighter until they could no longer breathe. I'm so scared, Riku. Why did you leave me like this? Confused, Usui looked at Misaki, whose eyes rolled back into her head and started to move as if she was trying to break out of a state of rigor mortis. An eye for an eye, my love. Give me your left eye and we can leave this place together. And Usui did not speak and took two steps back. The possessed Misaki violently lunged toward him, screaming and clawing at his face. Look what you've done to me, you coward! Give me your eyes! Usui began to run with Misaki right on his heels. Midway into the cave, he tripped over something hard and long. When he takes a closer look, he sees that it is a pair of skeletal remains. He looks back and sees Misugi coming closer, and he feels his eyes roll into the back of his own head. He feels another take over his body, and he reaches out to Misugi. Sora, my love. The possessed Misugi stops the confusion. Riku? Is that you? Why did you do this to me? I loved you so much. I know, and I loved you just as much. As I was leaving the cave, I realized how much I did actually care for you. I made my way back for you, but I fell and broke my neck, and I never made it back to you. I remember. I was in so much pain and wandering aimlessly, but then I remember finding your body. I right then laid down next to you and waited to die, hand in hand. They walked to each other and shared one final kiss and then passed on together. Misuki woke up in Usui's arms, shocked and flustered, remembering everything. They both got up, looked at each other, and blushed, knowing they could never tell anyone what happened this night. Hand in hand, they left the cave back to their normal lives. Dun dun dun! And that's our fanfic! Oh my god! 
Oh my god. Wait, I'm reeling. <laughs> that was incredible. Oh Thank my you. god. The lemony kiss. The lemony <laughs> kiss. Yes. <laughs> I didn't yell when y'all were reading it, but I was just like on the inside. I was like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was sitting here. I'm like, I can't make noise. I can't make noise. Because, <laughs> oh, the steamy, fearful kiss. And then it turns into a ghost, a ghost romance. Mm-hmm. I'm so here for every second of it. Amazing. <laughs> chef's kiss. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. All credit for this 100% goes to Skylar. I was just her punch-up editor, cleaned up some of the lines, some of the dialogue, but she fully concepted this thing out, and I was like, this is good. Oh my god, yes. I want to read more of your work now. <laughs> Oof. Well, there's none, so... Oh, oh you should definitely... <laughs> hey, it is never too late to start. <laughs> the start of your burgeoning fanfic career. Wattpad. Yeah. <laughs> Wattpad, yeah. All the feedbacks would be like, there's too many ghosts in this. <laughs> why is there always ghosts? Yeah, why is every story a ghost story? <laughs> I mean, it works. Did you weave in any, like, symbolism, or is it all just, like, spooky vibes? I don't know if I could say symbolism. I like the sharing one eye to, like, leave the cave together. And I was just like, yeah, teamwork. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's great. I also especially love Usui's cat ears. Yes. Because everyone else is, like, dressed to the nines in their cool cosplay, and he's just there being a cat. Mm Mm-hmm. They would, too. The deepest... uh, It's definitely not symbolism. This is just a reference. But if you did notice, the loving ghosts were named Sora and Riku for all your Kingdom Hearts fans out there. Okay. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) I know I have some friends who will pick up on that for sure. When I was, like, typing out, I was just like, you're so fucking clever, Skylar. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) Also, I love a good test of courage in an anime. I love that you incorporated that. Oh, yeah. See, like, those are always my favorite because you either get, like, toxic mushroom, like, hallucination, like, ghosts or, like, real ghosts and or, like, friends being mean ghosts. Yeah, yeah. The options are unlimited. (laughs) They're actually pretty limited, but, like, they're there. They're all fun. (laughs) They're all fun. Should I... Should I take the reins now? I'm nervous. Yes. Yeah. I'm fascinated to hear a spooky, silent voice. Okay. Oh, goodness. I didn't like title it or anything because I kind of figured if a silent voice was going to release a Halloween special, it probably would just be a silent voice colon Halloween special. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. That's the working title. Okay, uh, so I guess I'll give a little summary brought to us by IMDb about a silent voice, although I'm sure if you guys listening have been following Shoujo Sunday, you are familiar, but the story revolves around Shoko Nishimiya, a grade school student who has impaired hearing. She transfers into a new school where she is bullied by her classmates, especially Shoya Ishida. It gets to the point where she has to transfer to another school, and as a result, Shoya is ostracized and bullied himself with no friends to speak to and no plans for the future. Years later, after contemplating suicide, he epically sets himself on the path to redemption. So that's a short little summary, and I guess we will get into a silent voice, colon, Halloween special. Yay, I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) So, the episode opens with Nagatsuka and Shoya walking through the hallway at the movie theater. Nagatsuka sighs, saying that this week's movie was kind of a bummer. It was supposed to be a psychological thriller, but it was too predictable for him. 
Shoya is pretty indifferent, but offers that maybe next week they can see the new scary movie that's coming out. Nagatsuka shudders, saying that that might be too much for him, as they get in line in the food court for burgers. Nagatsuka orders them both the same thing, and Shoya is relieved he didn't have to speak to a stranger. The cashier briefly makes eye contact with Shoya and smiles warmly, and he gives her a small, shy smile in return. His heart is pounding, but he was able to look at her. This is a success in his book. The boys sit down with their burgers. Nagatsuka says, You know what? Let's skip the scary movie next week. I have a better idea. Shoya raises an eyebrow and retorts that he's just trying to get out of seeing that horror movie, isn't he? Nagatsuka stammers and says that that's not true at all. He thinks that they should go to a haunted house that opened up last weekend. He always wanted to go to a haunted house, but he was always too scared and never had anyone to go with. He says they can bring the girls too. Shoya isn't too sure what Shoko will think, but he agrees to ask. The excitement on Nagatsuka's face was too cute for him to deny. We cut to later that week, where Shoya and Shoko meet at the bridge to feed the koi fish. The late October air is crisp as the chill of winter creeps closer every day. Shoko is already there, leaning over the bridge to peek at the fish. Shoya approaches with a big loaf of bread. Shoko spots him in her peripheral vision and turns to wave at him. A thick twig from a nearby tree gets tangled in Shoya's shoes, causing him to stumble. Shoko rushes forward and steadies him before he or the bread could tumble to the ground. Once he's steady on his feet again, Shoya profusely thanks Shoko for catching him. She signs warmly, I'm here for you. Shoya smiles in return and echoes the sentiment. As they toss breadcrumbs to the koi fish below, Shoya asks Shoko about coming to the haunted house with Nagatsuka this upcoming weekend. She grimaces and signs that she's not sure if she'd like it. He quickly offers to tell Nagatsuka no, but Shoko thinks Yuzuru would have fun, so she's willing to give it a try. Shoya says he doesn't think it'll be scary, saying, it's just some decorations and people popping out to surprise you. Shoko nods, but she still looks incredibly unsure. We cut to that weekend, when the four of them arrive at the door to the haunted house. They begin their walkthrough, and Nagatsuka is terrified at every turn. Shoya is completely unaffected. Shoko is a little spooked by the haunted house, and after just one actor pops out, opts to cling to Shoya. He blushes and is taken aback, and we see these memories that are about to be described as very quick flashbacks. He's taken aback that she finds comfort in his touch after those same hands cruelly ripped out her hearing aids and threw dirt at her. Yuzuru honestly gets a kick out of the haunted house, laughing at any attempts to scare her. As the group reaches the exit, they surprisingly run into Ueno, who bashes Shoko for being a scaredy cat and clinging to Shoya. Shoko releases Shoya's hand to sign Moron at Ueno. Ueno is with her little brothers, who began to nag her to buy candy from the stall outside with the money their parents gave them for the night. As Ueno leads her siblings away, Shoya notices Nagatsuka is teary-eyed and asks him if he's okay. Nagatsuka whimpers that he's just so happy he finally went to a haunted house. Yuzuru teases that he's probably just saying that to cover up crying because he got scared. Shoya says not to put it past him. Everything they did together has seemed like a big deal lately. Nagatsuka blubbers harder, and Yuzuru suggests that they get some candy for this big baby. We cut to everyone seated under a nearby tree with bright autumn leaves. Nagatsuka double fists chocolate bars. Yuzuru and Shoko each have candied apples, and Shoya is nibbling on a cookie that looks like a ghost. Yuzuru speaks up, saying that the real reason she wanted to come was to see the outdoor art show behind the haunted house. She was hoping to submit some photography for 
for next year, so she wants to see what the expected quality of work is. Also, she blushes, saying, it kinda just sounded like fun. Shoko enthusiastically signs let's go and smiles warmly. So we cut to this Halloween art exhibit. A path that weaves through the park is lined by orange lanterns. The art pieces range from simple to intricate, from lighthearted to pretty scary. Yuzuru and Nagatsuka walk just ahead of Shoya and Shoko. As they walk, Shoko taps Shoya and he looks at her. She signs to him, you weren't scared in the haunted house. Shoya signs back and says, that kind of stuff doesn't scare me. Were you scared? Her lips pout slightly and she replies, a little. They walk in silence for a few moments, but Shoko is contemplating. She has a question burning in her mind. She briefly fidgets with the ends of her hair and then taps Shoya again. What scares you? She signs. Boom. Flash. Shoya's mind isn't in the present anymore. He's covering his ears in a hallway full of X-Doubt faces, imagining the horrific things those strangers could be whispering about him. Flash again. Bursts of color in the sky surround the girl who helped restore his will to live as she hoists herself up onto her balcony ledge. Flash once more. Shoya's back. He blinks, wondering how to respond. I'm afraid of being alone, he signs, and speaks very softly. Shoko's head tilts to one side, and she signs, You have me, with a sheepish smile. Shoya grins fully and replies with hands and voice, you're always reminding me of that. I hope that never changes. He quickly blushes heavily and turns away from her, scratching the back of his head, wondering if he'd just said something weird. Shoko giggles. When Shoya looks at her again, she signs with a real smile this time. It won't. We cut to the movie theater and pan across the group sitting in a row. We see Nagatsuka trembling and peeking over a bucket of popcorn. Shoya is straight-faced watching the movie. Shoko is scared but trying to hide it. Yuzuru is intrigued. A jump scare happens. Nagatsuka jumps and spills some popcorn. Shoko buries her face into Shoya's shoulder. He blushes. When she picks her head up, he signs and whispers, Are you okay? She gives him a weak smile, nods, and then focuses her attention back on the movie. Yuzuru smirks at this exchange. The four of them walk out of the theater. Nagatsuka is feeling triumphant that he survived the whole film with his eyes open. Shoya congratulates him, and Yuzuru pokes fun, saying that he just barely kept them open the whole time. They play fully bicker, and Shoya asks Shoko what she thought of the film. She admits that horror isn't her favorite. Shoya apologizes and says they can see something she'll like better next time. Shoko says she'd like that. She then hesitates and decides to say, you made it less scary. Shoya grins softly. That resonates with him. He signs back, I know what you mean. Shoko blushes. We zoom away as the group enters the food court, bantering about Halloween plans. Shoya is taking Maria trick-or-treating. We zoom out of the food court, outside of the mall, and then pan up into the sky, where a beautiful autumn sunset bids the viewer adieu, and the English words and kanji for the end fade in over the sky. Very Aww. beautiful. It's so sweet. I loved it. That's great. I love that. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. I was like so intimidated. And why? I mean, it's hard to adapt a spinoff of something so condensed. Yeah. But I think you did a really good job capturing the vibe and atmosphere. Mm -hmm, definitely. Oh, thank you. And you had some banger lines in there. Like when you had that, like the shock that she could find comfort in the same hands that ripped out her hearing it and threw dirt at her. Oh, I was like, yes, oh my okay. God. Oof, Lars. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you get those like OVAs, like perfect. 
Oh, thank you. That's exactly what I was going for. I'm really glad that I that I did it. Good. Yes, you did. I love it. I love OVAs so yeah, much. Uh, they're always a good time. I guess if I had to pick a theme, it would have been that life doesn't have to be so scary when we have people to navigate it with. Yeah. We went to Not Scary Farm, and that definitely happened last night. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I love the... I mean, like, I'm a big, like, you know, I love fanfic. I love reading, like, the CV stuff, but, like... Nothing makes me blush more as a reader than like the soft lovey stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could give me like the kisses and like the smile all you want, but like that, like, oh, you made it less scary. I know what you mean. I was like, ooh. I know. <laughs> yeah. I will like, if I'm laying down reading like shoujo and something very like sweet happens, don't be on the bed next to me because I'm rolling, like literally rolling all <laughs> over it. Just yeah. like yelling. Same, honestly. Yeah. I'll just get super excited. Just like, oh my gosh, they just they just touched hands. Wow. And Chica, <laughs> Chica, you're like, wow, I have self-control, you fucking maniac. Right, yeah. But if y'all heard the whole watermelon crushing thing, then yeah. <laughs> yes. The, the watermelon. The what? Oh, Chica, please feel free to explain. I would love for this to be talked about more. <laughs> okay, yeah. So when I tend to like somebody, I don't really know why, but it's like I kind of want them to destroy me at the same time, which... <laughs> Maybe I'll need more therapy for that. But <laughs> regardless, there's this man on TikTok that can crush watermelons with his thighs. So. Oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Like the handsome, like, alt boy, right? Yeah, yeah. So he, like, crushes watermelons with his thighs. So I told Gianna, I was just like, yeah, you know, like, when the watermelon was crushed, I was just like, ooh, but, like, me next. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> to my head first. Same, though. Yeah. Crush me, but, like. Not literally, but maybe. I don't know. It's a little dangerous, so that's why. <laughs> like, I want to be in between your thighs doing something dangerous. Oh. Right. <laughs> like, will I die this way? I don't know. But I'll probably be happy when it happens. So, <laughs> But yeah, so that's what I meant by the watermelon crushing. Okay. I love it. So, Chica, I think it is your turn to take the mic. Yes, it's my turn, and that is our episode of Shoujo <laughs> Sunday. Thank you for coming. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just full cop out. No, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. Like I said, guys, throw out the expectations. Okay, so I had Kageki Shoujo. So, the story of Kageki Shoujo, and this is brought to you in part by, I believe, Anime News Network. After being dishonorably discharged from her idol unit, Ai Narada enrolls at the Koka School of Musical and Dramatic Arts in hopes of joining their all-female theater troupe and living a life without men. Sarasa Watanabe loves anime and manga and dreams of playing Oscar de Jaharas in Koka's famous production of Rose of Versailles. The reserved and stoic eye and the loudly affable Sarasa couldn't be more different, but the two end up as roommates. To achieve their dreams, the two will have to survive Koka's notoriously rigorous training, not to mention each other. So the name of the fanfic is The Ghost of the Phantom of the Opera. Yes. Ooh, okay. I love it. I love it's it. going to be yes. a good time. I hope you guys love it as much as I do. I do like Yaki Shoujo, but I have a strong love for Phantom of the Opera. Anyway, so here is our story. 
I, Narada, and Sarasa Watanabe walk purposefully towards the Coca Review Theater since they are on the cusp of being late to support their classmates. Coca Review had decided to do a Halloween charity showing of The Phantom of the Opera to support one of their top stars who was recently diagnosed with stage 3 breast cancer. The funds made from this one-time showing would go to breast cancer research and also be partially given to the cancer-stricken star's family to help mitigate their extensive medical bills to come. To make this night as festive as possible, audience members and staff members were encouraged to cosplay as their favorite characters from past Coca Review shows. Of course, Sarasa being Sarasa was determined to dress as Lady Oscar for Mosa Versailles, while after a long debate, I decided to go as Andre Grenadier from Rose of Versailles. Uh, since Sarasa left adding specific details to her jacket until the very last minute, both Sarasa and I were about to be late in joining their class and serving the audience members. In order to make the show a class effort, Coca Review asked the class one and two of Coca School of Musical and Dramatic Arts to distribute pamphlets to customers, act as seat guys for audience members, and clean up post-show. Class 1, the class that I and Sarsa are part of, decided to take on distributing pamphlets to showgoers inside the theater before the show started. I can't believe we're going to be late, exclaimed Sarasa as she started walking even faster to get to the venue. I briefly laughed before cutting herself off in case it might hurt Sarasa's feelings. Sarasa was almost always about to be late to everything, and today was no different than the last. Do you think a lot of people will show up for this? I never knew that Coca did charity showings. I contemplated as they waited nervously at the crosswalk while the walking sign flashed red. Of course, Coca is Coca, so a lot of people are going to come to a show of ours regardless of the cost. Charity showings are rare for Coca Review, but when they are done, it's almost always in support of a top star or a well-loved staff member. Sarasa informed I as the stars in her eyes shone with excitement now that the walking sign was green again. They had one more block to get to the theater and started to see cosplayers walking over to get in line. They have another reason to show up for this show in particular, though, I, Sarsa said, just as they finally made it to the front of Coca Review. Confused, I looked over at Sarsa, asking for an explanation with her eyes. Okay, you didn't hear this from me, but apparently 30 years ago, a member of the audience passed away while watching Phantom of the Opera here. Coca did their best to mitigate the scandal of it, so no one talks about it much now. Even the press don't talk about it much anymore, whispered Sarasa, as one of their classmates let them into the theater through a side door. I was stunned. She never heard of this particular story, but she's not surprised by it given how neither Sarasa nor she knew about the cursed cherry blossom tree story until after the fact. Taking their place at the stairs in the foyer of the Coca Theater, I turned to Sarasa again to learn more about this tragic passing. Finish the story, Sarasa, whispered I as she smiled at the class rep, Sawa Sugimoto, who'd just given them a death glare for almost being too late. Okay. So the audience member was in love with the Coca portrayal of the Phantom so much that they came for almost every show, even though they were sick. They always sat on the right side of the stage in the box area. People think that the ghost of that person haunts Coca Theater so that they can still see the Phantom of the Opera when it's on schedule. 
especially since the light sconce in that box always starts to flicker during climactic moments of the play, whispered Sarasa as she apprehensively looked around to make sure nobody heard her. I nodded and began to smile as customers were finally allowed into the theater. So people are also coming because they want to see if the story is true, asked I, as she quickly handed out pamphlets in order for people not to touch her hands. Yes, isn't it actually kind of inspiring that a performance of a show could be so good that you could literally die and still come back to see it, said Sarasa, whose voice got a little louder in her enthusiasm, earning grimaces from Hoshino and her second year advisor, Risa. Well, that's certainly one way to look at it, noted I, who just ignored a JPX48 fan who was held back from approaching her by their mother. Also, say Satomi playing the Phantom is something that cannot be missed. I'm so excited to see her perform again, asserted Sarasa, who heard agreement with half of the line of customers on her side. I contemplated the story for a long time as they passed out flyers. When everyone was seated, Class 1 and Class 2 were able to sit and reserve seats for all the help that they provided prior to the show starting. The curtains lifted and the musical started. Since this was a Halloween showing, the Coca staff and students did their best to decorate the theater for the occasion. There were battery-lit candles placed on each step of the audience rows for added ambiance. The only food that was sold was popcorn placed in jack-o'-lantern containers, candy corn, warm cider or tea, and freshly roasted pumpkin seeds. All added attention was given to the box on the right-hand side of the theater. Even though no one spoke of the passing of that said audience member from many years ago, Coca capitalized on it. The customers that donated the most got to sit in that space. In I's opinion, the people there seemed more agitated than excited, but she couldn't fathom why. Ghost stories aren't real. As soon as Sei Satomi got on stage as the Phantom, the excitement in the air was palpable. Sei had complete control over the audience through her acting and songs. The audience, while paying attention to the musical, also looked over at the box on the right-hand side during certain moments. When Christine in the play... When Christine first meets the Phantom, when Christine starts singing at her first show within the story, and when Raul and Christine sing All I Ask of You for each other, the audience just kept looking over to the box on the right-hand side to see if the light would flicker or not, and it didn't. Sarasa was enraptured by the performance of the Coca actors, and so was I to an extent, but she couldn't help but wonder if the ghost everyone was excited about would make an appearance. Just as Say started to sing the crescendo of the song, The Point of No Return, the light in the box blazed bright. The audience gasped and applauded, while eyes eyes widened. Say, who had been looking at the actress playing Christine, turned her attention to the box and started singing there as if she was singing to the ghost. Sarasa was giddy with the change she saw, as was everyone else. The ghost of the Phantom of the Opera was in the theater, and Say was actually singing to them. I got chills as the song began to close, and when Say was finished, the light in the right-hand box dimmed before turning off completely. From that point on, the light did not flicker again, and the musical ended with roarous applause and roses. The leads stood on the silver bridge and bowed before the curtains closed once more. 45 minutes after the musical ended and the audience had finally left the theater, class one could begin cleaning. Can you guys believe that the light came on? yelled Chika and Chiaki. One had a broom in one hand and the other had a mop. 
I laughed to herself. Although she did get chills during the performance of The Point of No Return, she figured that someone on staff turned the light on since people expected to see it. Someone on staff had to turn on that light, said I, as she was sweeping popcorn from the floor. No way I, said Hoshino of all people. She just finished cleaning the mirrors backstage. No one was manning the lights in the boxes. They stopped doing that after the incident happened and made that into a new tradition to help actors focus on the stage lighting that was around them, she stated. So the ghost is real? Blurted I as she stopped working altogether to stare at Hoshino. Yes, it's real. I told you so earlier, said Sarasa brightly. Hey guys, do you want some late night ice cream before we head back to the dorms? It'll be Ando Sensei's treat. He's waiting for us outside to walk us back, yelled Sarasa as her eyes sparkled with glee. Yes, let's go, said the class. And as they walked out of the theater, I looked at the box on the right hand side one last time to glimpse a slight flicker before the door closed again. The end. That was awesome. I liked it. I love a good (laughs) self-insert. Thanks, guys. I was a little nervous just because, you know... I'm creative, but I'm not. I'm not like Gianna oh. or y'all. So. No, that was good. great. I I really enjoyed it. I really. I mean, I am a huge, huge fan of Phantom of the Opera. So I loved all the detail there was to the Phantom of the Opera references. Mm-hmm. Yes, but and I love the characterization. Right, the like it really felt like a storyline from Kageki Shoujo. Oh, I love the you. moment. When she's like, can you imagine putting on such a good show that even after someone dies, they want to feel like, that was such a great line. Yeah, fantastic. That was so I loved it. No, you did a phenomenal job. I'm glad y'all liked it. Yeah. Yeah, it was so easy to like envision it in the animation, like as the show. You did so good. Yes, I loved it so much. Also down to like Sarasa's tardiness. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, Kageki Shoujo is like a really good show and stuff, but I think they spent such a long time in doing the characterization of each person that was like oh yeah i can throw this into my story and it will make sense yeah yeah but i'm glad y'all liked it do you have any other extra tidbits you want to share well at first so at first i thought that this was going to actually be based around the scarlet pimpernel rather than phantom of the opera but i like read that a good zillion years ago like i was probably like in high school the last time i read that and i feel like my love for musicals sort of started with phantom of the opera um, because I love the movie. It had like Emmy Rosam in it and Gerard Butler. And I was like pissed that she didn't just go with the Phantom at the time. I'm like, why didn't you do that? <laughs> <laughs> He's so hot. I mean, yeah, like his face, but you like, just don't look. It's fine. <laughs> just don't look. It's fine. <laughs> Which is like terrible, but still, it's just like, no, you should go with him. Like, he's more dedicated or whatever. So I've, like, seen the movie a couple of times. I think I also saw it in Vegas once. Ooh. Yeah, because they were, like, putting it on at the Venetian at the time. I was also somewhat younger. I think I just was in my double digits when I saw it in Vegas. But regardless, strong impact. So I was just like, okay, it makes more sense for me to choose that as, like, the source material for their play versus the Scarlet Pimpernel. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Also, really quick, so I've never seen Kageki Shoujo. And when you're saying AI, like AI, I thought you were saying I, <laughs> as in your self oh and i had that realization way after the fact i was like so it's not a self-insert i thought you were just like i was doing this thing and i was like yeah you were doing that thing (laughs) (laughs) no when you said self-insert i thought you were making a joke because one of the twins is named chica 
there's Chica and Chiaki. Yeah, that's what I thought too. So I thought you were like poking fun. Yeah. That's so oh. funny. <laughs> no. That would have been more intelligent. No. Oh, no. Even when I'm editing the Kagaki Shoujo episodes, honestly, like hearing us say I until I hear the next word in the sentence, I don't know if it's first person or the character. Right. Right. I mean, I tripped myself up when I talked about eyes, eyes. I was like, what? It's like, right. why did I do this? Yeah, it's so hard. It's a tongue twister. Why did I do this to myself? <laughs> but okay. Like, we're all sleepy. It's, it's almost easier when you're typing it out because there's such different letters. Yeah. Different vowels. Yes. <laughs> One last thing, I guess, about the fic. Yeah. Guys, because I'm, really, I'm not really spoiling it. But as you know, Kageki Shoujo, the main lead is obsessed with Rosa Versailles. First off, I'm sure I said Oscar's last name wrong. That's fine. But <laughs> but they have um I made sure that Sarasa cosplayed obviously as Lady Oscar. I love but that. But then I also had I cosplay as Andre, and Andre is one of Oscar's love interest in the Rosa Versailles anime because you know we like Shoujo Senge here, so <laughs> Like, yes. right. We do. We, we ship, ship them, them so, so hard. <laughs> when I looked it up, all the questions were like, is this girl love? Is this a Yuri? And I was like, is it a Yuri? <laughs> if there is more than where the series ends, then it has to be. It better be. But that's all I'll say because I don't think all of our Kagaki Shoujo episodes will be out by the time this mm, is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have big reactions for the end. So I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I just wanted to give y'all guys that. So thank you. Just in case, if you haven't seen Rosa Versailles, I still sort of kept. I kept the gay in y'all because I love the gay. So. God, I, I love the gay, and I love being gay. Doing God's work, we love it. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, thank you so much for listening to our special Halloween episode of Show Show Sunday. Thank you so much to our special guests, PJ and Skylar, for joining us. Where can the people find you guys? Uh, yes, thank you so, so much for having us on. This was super fun. So exciting. Skylar and I don't get to flex our writing uh, muscles very often, so this was definitely a good time. You can find us anywhere. Again, we are Kawaii Desappointment, but sometimes that can be a little hard for people to spell, so you can find us anywhere at Kawaii Desupon. Uh, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, wherever you uh, like to follow people on social media, you can find us at Kawaii Desupod. Find us on any of your uh, favorite podcast streaming platforms. You could find our very extensive catalog. And yeah, that's us. Check us out. Also, throw some ratings our way as well. We would really appreciate it. <laughs> yes. yes, absolutely. They deserve no less than five stars. They are incredible. I just listened to their Devil is a Part-Timer episode the other day, which was amazing. It's such a great show, and I love hearing their takes on it. Yes, and the music parts. <laughs> the music parts are my favorite. Yes, I literally can't hear Bring Me to Life by Evanescence, and I hear that song a lot because of my job, <laughs> so I think of them often. <laughs> <laughs> and that can happen to you too, listener. Yes. Ooh. Don't you want to think of them often? You should. <laughs> and think of Shoujo Sunday often and eat Sundays and be it a Sunday. Yeah. Yes. Ice cream's an all year treat, just as hot cocoa is for me as well. Is hot cocoa not an all year treat? I don't think it's a big summer thing for most people. So I'm okay. the problem. I love a good summer cocoa. Wait, do y'all drink hot cocoa with milk? It is the only way. Or non dairy milk. I do it both ways. Like at home, if we want something, well, we drink like, vanilla sweetened almond milk okay so i'll make it with that but we have access to like a lot of hot chocolate at work 
and we don't have milk at work, so I'll just drink it with water. Yay! Sometimes I drink it with water, too, but that's just because I was, like, ghetto, and I was on... Well, no, it's not ghetto to drink it with water, but it was, like, I was living on my own, and then it's like, oh, like, I gotta go out and get milk. If I do it with water, I do double packet it, though. That's that's a personal preference. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Oh, and another, like, good life hack is, you know, when they have, like, really bad, like, burnt coffee at work, but you're, like, really tired, but it's free, so you'll, like, go for it. Put two packs of hot cocoa mix in it, and then it's just, like, a pretty like toasty mocha and it's good. I have done hot cocoa with coffee mocha before. I can I can concur. It is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Life tips with Shoja Sunday, why disappointment. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right, guys, if you want to keep up with us during the week, you can follow us at Shoujo Sunday across all socials, all socials, all shoujos. You can follow us at Shoujo Sunday. It was intentional. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> if you would like to keep up with me personally, I am Gianna Luna. You can follow me at Gianna underscore Luna underscore across socials, and that's Gianna with one N. How about you, Chica? You guys can follow me at Chica Supreme everywhere on socials, and that's Chica with a K. Also, make sure to follow Kawhi Disappointment, and that is Kawhi, like the regular spelling, and Desu is D-E-S-U pod. Okay, cool. (laughs) Perfect. Yes. All right. So we'll catch up with y'all next week with our regularly scheduled programming. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.